People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. episode of the 20 by 20 ring crew this is where you would insert the the dramatic recap of last week which i don't think we ever have on this show ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 89 of the 20 by 20 ring crew i am your co-host joe i'm here with my brother matt matt what's going on i don't even know if i can remember that stuff we're going to talk about tonight <laughs> so recap I... <laughs> that's what the archives are for ladies and gentlemen yeah absolutely 20x20crew.com get all the archives check us out there uh, you and i usually go through pretty hellacious weeks one way or another yeah so it is it is a lot to remember yeah you know it's it's playing catch up too i mean i, I know we've said this like the past like five episodes now that we got we're caught up and then something happens, the holidays kind of happened and they've, yeah, they've come and gone. I think that's fair for everybody. You yeah. Know, everybody's out shopping or eating turkey sure. or, or what have you. Well, for what it's worth, happy belated Thanksgiving. Yeah. And hope it was a successful Black Friday and, well, not only Friday, but weekend. Uh, it's, you know, back back to work, though, for, for everybody, back to work for us. Before we get started, though. I, I, I can officially give my review. I finally... So Black Friday is a pretty big deal for me. Being a 30-year-old man, you know, I don't count down the days for Santa Claus anymore. I am my own Santa Claus, and I tend to uh, spoil myself, um, <laughs> if you will. Uh, and being a video game collector, I, I knocked out quite a bit off my to-buy list. Uh, and WWE 2K20 was one of them. I finally have it. I can finally give my review on it. I, I don't have any glitch problems that that we've come across that uh, was a problem when the game was officially released back in October. Uh, so there's that. You know, I'm assuming they've patched that up by now. There's some issues with it uh, as far as mechanic-wise is concerned, but overall... I actually am probably one of the few that applaud 2K for for trying to move forward and 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 update what's been a really repetitive uh, franchise. And to be fair, it's like every other sports game, right? You know, how many t- how often can you realistically update? A Madden football game, you don't. You update the roster for the most part. You throw in a few sprinkles here and there, but every let's say three, four games, there's a massive overhaul of what they want to do. And the reason why is because video games nowadays takes about three or four years to make in general. Period. Um, you know, games are not made every single year like they used to be because these are massive. Oh yeah. You know, hundred people team <laughs> easily. <yeah. laughs> no longer are the days of having like five guy rosters and knocking out a game <laughs> in a few months. It just doesn't work that way anymore. So it's hard to you know continuously update them. I I, I applaud for what they do. This is actually a really cool game, uh, ladies and gentlemen. 
if you are even remotely interested in wrestling of any kind, whether you're a WWE mark or not, somebody that's a little kind of turned off by the product, it's still a really fun game. I would implore anybody, especially right now, this time of year, where you can get it on sale, visit our sponsors, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash GameStop or Amazon, and, uh, and and save some money on us, support the show, and, and get, pick, yourself, pick yourself up this game. It's a great gift for any wrestling fan, too. I know right now it's going for about half off. Nice. As of this podcast and as as of as of the release of this episode, it, more likely it's going to be throughout the the holiday season thirty bucks. Yeah, that makes about sense. So it's it's definitely worth the dough. Um, that's my very brief review. I know we're not a video game podcast, but uh, that's I'm, I'm or are we? <laughs> well, you know, I I would love to do that one day. Anyways. Um, yeah, it's it's a good, it's a really cool, like they they add a lot of cool stuff to it. There's a lot of you know different 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 things you can do, even like very fantasy based. Like you can basically fight fucking pits of hell in one of the storylines. <laughs> yeah, it's an actual thing, um, and not only that, but like you know for the for our, our female listeners or people who want to play as a female character, they have definitely made that more than possible you can bring a female character into your storylines now that's it's definitely more uh favorable for female wrestlers as well as the male wrestlers as well so uh, it's got something for everybody so it's overall it's good it's a good game and uh i'm I'm excited to to dive into it it's gonna be hard to balance all the new stuff plus the stuff that i've already had (laughs) (laughs) never have anything to play though uh, <laughs> Ain't that some shit? So, <laughs> so we, uh, you know, Joe and I, we, you know, we, we, this is our first time getting together post Thanksgiving. Again, happy Thanksgiving, everybody out there. The holiday season. We want to take a step backwards though, because, and, and I don't want to take a whole episode on this per se, but we we should talk takeover. We should talk Survivor Series. Uh, they both happened the 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 weekend before Thanksgiving. All State Arena, Rosemont, Illinois, uh, our backyard. Mister um, Wrestling Six, shouts out to him. He was at NXT Takeover War Games, so hope he had a great time at that show. He did. Good. Yeah, I I I, I texted him before the show, the actually the day of the show, but I haven't talked to him afterwards. We were watching it at home. Uh... Me and my daughter, and uh, there's uh, for those who haven't watched it, the end of the the men's war games match had a really terrible spot with Adam Cole, and uh, he just did not get up um, after the bell rang. He was even after they went off air, he was still just laying in the ring, and uh, my daughter was pretty freaked out like holy shit is he okay you know and and I told her I'm like hey um your uncle's there let me text him and and see what's going on and he was uh he was kind enough to get back to me and send me some photos of Adam Cole getting up uh with a little help but you know he walked back yeah uh, uh, basically under his own uh his own free will which was uh good to see because that was quite the spot he was put in and uh, you never know. Sometimes you just never know what uh, 
what kind of shit you're going to get into taking a bump like that, you know? The I, I remember watching it. I'm watching it later that night. This is post-live. And, you know, Champa's got him up. And there was a spot where he put his foot in the wrong spot in the cage, and he was shaky, and I was like, yeah. oh, this, this is going to end badly. <laughs> and I just just watching it, just watching it as it happens, you know, in front of my eyes, personally, you just, it, it's, it's one of those spots where, like, as a wrestling fan, you're so thankful for them to, to be willing to take spots like that, but as a human being, you're just like, why? Yeah. Why would you do something like that? <laughs> <laughs> It it was a scary spot. It was it was it was definitely um, a really good way to end what's called war games, if you will. But uh, as far as the entire line, where all all of them are going through tables, it was a really interesting spot. But that one right there, that was it was cringeworthy, but it was still pleasing to to the eye. Mister Wrestling Six brought up a really good point. You know what you see on TV. A lot of fans don't understand when you're there live. For those who have never been to a live event, when you're there live, it is uh, like all of the reality of of that situation. It's there. It's in your face. And what you see on TV, like everybody sees the cage and everybody sees Champa and Cole at the top of the cage. But when you're there live, you you really see how far up they are. Yeah. Like it it makes a. Uh, it makes it that much more daring for for them to do what they did, and uh, I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like that, it it don't get me wrong. Like it looks like they're high up, but it's even worse when you're in person. You're yeah. like, oh my god. So I had to I had to take a step back. I actually went and watched it again, and uh, damn, it's still it's still hell of a fucking spot. And kudos to him for taking the bump. And, uh, and and Champa delivering it. I'm I'm gonna use successfully in air quotes because really, who wins it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who wins taking that bump? Nobody does. So I'll, I'm gonna jump back and forth because we're, again, we're not gonna break down all the cards here. Adam Cole and, and Tommaso Champa, especially, they took that bump. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know, as you said, I mean, it wasn't like it was just Adam Cole, Tommaso Champa took that bump too he had a cushion underneath him but it's still i mean you take that bump and 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 see how you feel (laughs) as a booker i don't know how i feel about this about asking those guys to wrestle again the very next night yeah um that was the first thing out of my mouth Mm -hmm. Uh, here here my my kid is freaking out because adam cole's you know for all intents and purposes in her eyes, he's dead. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like her, her mankind moment. Yeah, will, yeah. You know? And, uh, and actually, that's what she said. She's like, I I don't remember seeing anything like that except for Mick Foley. And yeah. I'm like, eh, it's, it's up there. <laughs> There's a reason why it does, that shit doesn't happen very often. <laughs> and, uh, but that was the first thing out of my mouth. I was like, He's got to wrestle tomorrow. He's got to wrestle uh, Pete, Pete Dunn. Yeah. And she's like, there's no way. There's just no way. I'm like, unless we hear otherwise, that match is still happening. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I agree with you, man. That's, that's a tough call. I mean, people, you know, they made the stipulation. And, you know, 
obviously barring any real sustainable injury to to Adam Cole, what can you do? Right. You know, except change the card. But I, I don't know who they would have put in there for uh, for Pete Dunne to wrestle and, and what would have happened with that title. Yeah, I mean, because Pete Dunne won the rights to challenge for the NXT Championship. He defeated Damian Priest and uh, Killian Dane in a triple threat match at, at War Games. And then, you know, Adam Cole goes out there and he defends the title against Pete Dunne and... I'm going to throw it out there right there. I mean, they have, in my opinion, the best match of the night. Yeah. Like, on that entire car. They go a little over 14 minutes. I mean, Adam Cole, he does war games. He does wrestles match of the night. I mean, what more can you ask out of that guy? And as far as WWE's concerned, I... I would hope that there's at least a nice fucking bonus check waiting for him after this after that fucking weekend was over because he certainly earned his fucking money and then some that night. You're damn right about that. And <laughs> and you know for those who aren't too familiar with Adam Cole, man, that's this is his mo. Like this is what he does. Yeah. You know we, we were fortunate enough to see him join the Bullet Club live live before it even happened. Yeah, and. uh you you knew you knew the moment those lights hit and he came out, it was a big fucking deal. Yeah, and the entire time he was with the Bullet Club, he was a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. So much so that he was button heads with Kenny Omega, and then Adam Cole pretty much said, "Fuck this! I'm bigger than a Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go wherever the fuck I want to go, and I'm still gonna be that impact player." Right. And I think he's more than proved that in NXT. My my hopes is that uh, he stays in NXT and they just keep finding things for him to do and accomplish and conquer because, uh, let's face it, he's done just about anything and everything already in the way of titles, spots, you name it. And I'm scared. I'm scared they're going to decide to draft him to either Raw or SmackDown. And I'm not saying he, yeah. he won't be that guy who who won't succeed. I think Adam Cole's savvy enough in the business to the point where even though he is relatively young compared to, you know, some of the other roster members on those on, on Raw and SmackDown, um, he has that know how. He has yeah. that savvy to where he will still be a very effective sports entertainer come Monday night or Friday night. It's weird to say that Adam Cole graduated high school the same year I did. Um, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. He's only a month older than me. Um, I, we've got to mention, we, we do have wrestling-ish on in the background. We have, we have sports entertainment <laughs> on in the background. We have Starcade 2019 happening. This is the main event of the of the TV version or the WWE Network version. If you want to watch Starcade for whatever reason, be my guest. Go to our website, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. It's all one word. Uh, and get 30 days uh, for free and uh, help to support the show. Please, please, please. Uh, Rusev's out there right now. With a fucking Bob Ross t-shirt on. You just you beat me to it. I, I, <laughs> Bob Ross t-shirt of all fucking things. 
I was like, I just, I don't get it. I mean, at least Bob Ross is painting a guy lifting weights. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's painting himself lifting weights. Yeah, lifting weights. yeah. Anyways. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Adam Cole, by the way, for those that uh, are a fan of the elite version of the Bullet Club, you know, he, he was what Cody Rhodes was last year. Yeah. That was supposed to be his role. That was, that was written for Adam Cole, and then Adam Cole left, so that never happened. Um... But yeah, you hit the hit the nail on the head here with with Adam Cole and the fear because there's another guy that competed in that War Games match and competed the next night that is really been in talks now, especially since Survivor Series, of being bumped up sooner than later. And I'm not really happy about this. And it is none other than Keith Lee, who imp- oh. he impressed the masses. The masses being Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, right. And the, uh, ma- the massive, <laughs> the massive Vince McMahon. And uh, yeah, there's nothing official yet. There's nothing. Nothing is in the works per se that we know well, you, of. You know Vince. He likes his big guys. And that's 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 it. Kevin, or, sorry, not Kevin Owens. Keith Lee is a big guy. That's why I stay away from Vince. <laughs> I'm afraid he's going to give me a Take spot, one look on, at, yeah. spot on the roster. I don't want to be there. <laughs> You're the newest New Day member. <laughs> um, but yeah, Keith Lee impressed. He he impressed the the he impressed the boss. He got a nod from Roman Reigns because that means a lot these days. Um, NXT wins. Survivor Series. Yep. They, they they beat SmackDown and and Raw only got one fucking win all night. Um, what does this mean for NXT? What does this mean for for this type of of partnership now? Because now NXT is no longer, even though it's still looked at as the developmental brand, NXT is still <laughs> <laughs> NXT has has taken on it in this new role and. and not most of it, all of it, as far as WWE and their stupidity is concerned, is due to the fact that they are on live TV and no longer on the WWE Network. What does this mean for the NXT roster and and, and as far as, like, could we we come to that crossroads now? All right, who's going to go to SmackDown? Who's going to go to Raw? And we, we might start seeing rosters being depleted. And and also, is this weekend pay per view thing uh, a thing of the past? Even though there was one that was announced for Portland in February, mm-hmm. uh, NXT Takeover. If if these guys are going to be part of doing main roster stuff now, and and you know NXT championships are going to be defended on on regular pay per views and all that stuff. Do they even bother doing NXT takeovers anymore? Because there's 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 some there's some talkings out there that they're trying to get rid of it. There's other other talks out there that that's not the case. What say you? I mean, is this a thing of the past pretty soon, or whether it should or shouldn't be? Is do you, do you think they're going to get rid of it and do just one major show from now on, or does NXT takeover stay? And does it even matter? Because does that does the good part of the roster even stay on NXT anymore? Before I even begin, I I have to uh, I have to let everybody know. I had a conversation with uh, with a gentleman online who listens 
devotedly to another podcast. And it's a very specific podcast about a very specific time and a very specific promotion. And I love that podcast. Don't get me wrong. But um, he chose to voice his opinion about how NXT was the the C-show. And I had asked him, um, what are you watching? Uh, because... For my money, NXT is is not the sea show to begin with, and hasn't been for some time. And uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> I did this in their Facebook group, by the way, and and you know, so I wasn't I was trying to adhere to the rules and keep it nice because you know I'm I'm not uh, I'm not the the rule breaking heel when it comes to Facebook groups, but. I told them, I'm like, I, you know, for my money, NXT is is uh, putting out the better product, and he mentioned that well, they that Raw and SmackDown draw more, and I'm like, well, first of all, they barely got on TV in October, and they already have comparable ratings to Raw and SmackDown, and I think that speaks volumes for that type of premiere. It would be different if they got really shitty ratings, and, you know, then you might have more of an argument. And I know he's going to listen to this episode, because I told him I'd mention our little chat, but um, I still stand by what I say. And, and you know, prove me wrong. I, and it, I, Let's go back to the last time just for one example, because I could I could do this over and over again with NXT, but the last time they were at the Barclays Center mm-hmm. for NXT TakeOver, if you go back, and you can do it on the WWE Network, if you go back and look at that crowd, look how many fucking people are in that building for NXT TakeOver. Listen. Listen to that crowd. And just how amped up and, and just into it that that crowd is. And then take a moment, clear your palate, and then also on the WWE Network, throw on the next night for the main pay-per-view that weekend. And you tell me. You tell me. You cannot sit there and tell me that NXT is not drawing people. There's no fucking way in hell there's way more enthusiasm for that product. And although they are very young to their television debut, those numbers are completely comparable to a Raw or SmackDown, if not better. Especially these days. So, I'm sorry, young man, even though you're older than me. You, you, you're not getting it. You know, you, 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 might, you might love uh, that other podcast, and, and so do I. But that's not the type of product we're talking about. It is a completely different time. There are, uh, you know, there are many more facets to sports entertainment these days. And NXT as a brand is the strongest brand for WWE. Prove me wrong. That's all I'm going to say. As far as if it's leaving or, or they're going to get rid of it, They'd be they'd be fools, uh, you know. If if you go if you go online and you look hard enough, deep enough on the web, uh, 
you'll see Triple H comes out and says, hey, you know, this still is, it does get approved by Vince McMahon one way or another. He kind of lets me just do what I do because he doesn't really want too much say in it. And, you know, anybody who works for that company will tell you at the end of the day, Vince McMahon has his hands on everything, whether you like it or not. So whether I like it or not, what we see on NXT every week or at every takeover or at every other pay-per-view they're on, Vince McMahon had some, even if it's 1%, had something to do with it. And although that angers me, that's the case. That's, that's the facts. We know that much. But what he's letting them get away with and put out, I, I just don't understand why he doesn't let Raw and SmackDown do that too. I get it. You want brands to be different and, and have their own personality. You can still do that. By letting your your competitors be um, themselves and not watered down, you know Stone Cold Steve Austin said it best. The 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 best the best persona any sports entertainer can have is themselves, just turned up to eleven. Be yourself, but amplify it. If if Vince McMahon let that happen more often, I guarantee you there'd be better ratings for Raw and SmackDown. But going back to NXT, it's to the point where it's in his face now. Whether he wants it to be or not, it's in his face. He has no choice but to pay more attention to it. And that's what kind of scares me because now they're getting all this attention. I mean, hell, the amount of people I personally seen online, the social media and whatnot, talk about how Cole versus Dunn was match of the night. And how the the main event was fucking shitty. They have a point. I mean, those women, to me, were capable of much more. I don't know why it went the way it went. Especially since they had a lot of time to rehearse and practice their spots. Yeah. According to Vince McMahon. I don't know. But I I do know one thing. NXT definitely won the weekend. And, And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised one bit. They were my pick going in. NXT not only won the weekend, but they, uh, two weeks in a row now, have won the Wednesday Night War as well. Uh, 916,893 viewers on the uh, November 20th edition of, which is the go-home episode of NXT. And then the follow-up episode, 810,000 viewers to AEW's 663,000. That's the lowest uh, viewership that AEW's had thus far. Um... Any concern with AEW, or is that just a matter of just hot streak, hot hand right now with NXT? I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned at all. This, uh, I think, the, I think Triple H said it best. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Sure. And you know there are going to be weeks where you know we don't we don't live right now. There's so much competition. I'm sorry, we don't live in that era where it's like for 85 fucking weeks or 83 weeks mm-hmm. we're gonna have. One program to rule them all. No, it doesn't work that it's way anymore. Back and forth dogfight. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a dogfight, and it, as it should be. Yes, it should be. Yeah, because you do have that type of competition. <clears throat> well, and let's look at it too. NXT wins the weekend. I mean, why wouldn't why wouldn't the casual viewer now want to check out an NXT program if they haven't done so already? Made sense to me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in comparison to to AEW, what's what's 
what's really going on with this NXT if brand. You, if, I'm sure if you go back and look at the, the ratings for the post Dynamite or the, the po, you know the post pay per view show of, of Dynamite after an AEW pay per view, mm-hmm. it's the same thing, right? More than likely, it's going to be higher than NXT because they don't run pay per views simultaneously. So November thirteenth, that'd be the November thirteenth episode to prove your point. Nine hundred fifty-seven thousand viewers for AEW for NXT that week. It was seven hundred fifty thousand. There you so, go. I mean, over 200,000 more viewers for AEW. So, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I'm not worried about it. I was just, again, it was just more or less just. I know you're not, but I know there's a lot of people that, like, live and die. Oh, my live, God, live they beat this week. Live oh and die God. by ratings, yeah. Um, I mean, if, if, if you still want to do that, again, AEW still beats SmackDown. Um, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man. That week they they ran the like the the extended edition of yeah. Dynamite with all the the off the air stuff. Mm-hmm. It beat SmackDown by like almost three hundred thousand viewers, I yeah. think. And I'm like, <laughs> destroy destroy SmackDown. Like, SmackDown's fuck? live. Yeah, it was live. This was a this was a replay from two days ago in AEW. Anyways, with that with NXT, uh, yeah, it it is. It is. It is going to be interesting to see what they do here. I. I it, it came down to me, and a, a, as far as the actual pay per view goes as well, it came down to NXT and SmackDown, which makes sense because when it comes to this, it's going to become it's it's pandering to one or the other. Do you pander to to Fox and all the money that they're giving you for this new time slot and the new network, uh, or do you pander to NXT? Because NXT is in rival is, is in competition with AEW. NXT has a st- I'm not saying this is what they did here, but NXT has the stigma of being a developmental program. Yeah. If the <clears throat> developmental program knocks off SmackDown and Raw in a three way competition, well then, to me, that's a way to entice the casual fan to say. Well, let me check this out because they're beating guys like Randy Orton. They're beating guys like Roman Reigns, even though Roman Reigns was the sole survivor. They're beating those guys. Oh, they can beat anybody then, right? I mean, yeah, they could beat anybody if you throw shitty guys like that to the mix. But <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point I'm trying to make is that like it, it was a way to say, hey, come watch the winning team. And, and, and maybe this, not to say a shot at AEW, but this is a way to help out that marathon, if you will, well, whatever reason they did, it doesn't matter. It was, it was cool to see that the the, the commentary was, was a bit annoying. Uh, somebody needs to take Jerry Lawler off of commentary. Uh, he is the absolute worst, the epitome of, of worst. Um, but overall, it, it was they were they were solid shows. Um, I got a couple a couple gripes that, uh, of course, you know. Matt being Matt, he's got you got a bitch about something. So <laughs> uh, let's go back to the, to the to the NXT Takeover War Games show. The first War Games match, uh, Team Ripley versus Team Baszler, War Games match. First ever women's War Games match, and it has some controversy in it in 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 the sense that Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox in that situation. Uh, Tegan, or excuse me, Dakota Kai was set to come down to the ring and enter the the War Games match and help out her team. She was on, she was part of Team Ripley, and then she 
instead decides to turn on her friend and tag team partner, Tegan Knox, beats the ever-living shit out of her. That was, oh my god. <laughs> I did not I did not expect that at all, and I, I fucking, I flipped my shit. I got out of my chair, I was like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on? It was, it was a good, it was a good heel turn for me. I, I don't know, man, like, I kind of... I kind of wish it it didn't happen when it happened. I, w- I, I would like to have seen an actual war games. So I, they finished it nicely. Mm-hmm. They finished it nicely with the four on two. But to me, it became too much of an uphill battle in that sense. I mean, if you you go back to the ultimate turn, I mean, it, it, it goes to, to Kurt Henning turning on the four horsemen. And what that was... And 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 to me, I was if if you're if I was going to do that, I want to see an actual war games battle first, and then do the turn. And I know he was turning to to join the other group, not and, and Dakota Kai was not doing that. She was not joining Team Baszler. Not that there's anything to join there, but it just to me once that was done, it was like oh shit, what do you do with this? Four on two handicap match now. It, it, yeah, man. But you know what? I was so caught up in that. I was like, "Holy shit! What are they gonna do? You know, how yeah. are they gonna overcome this? If they're gonna overcome right. this?" And, and I, the only thing I will say is this: um, I loved the turn. Um, I, I was I was on the the edge of my seat the entire time. Like, holy shit! What's gonna go on next? And. For my money, I I think when it comes to doing things like this, if you're going to to make that big of a bet on a storyline, I think they did it very well mm-hmm. because that's what you're doing. You're you're placing storyline as the top priority over that war games match. Sure, it was a big gamble, but for me, for my money, it paid off. So here, here's what what you know the the next point I'm trying to make, and I'm I'm not bitching about this anymore, but we got to finally see the rise of one Rhea Ripley this weekend or that weekend actually. Not only did that happen in the War Games match, but her apparently it it pays to to be on her team, but it comes with a price <laughs> because it it's basically happened again. The next night, not by way of, of any kind of like turning on each other, but um, just by way of being short partners. Yeah. But, but she wins anyways. A um, couple things, too. First of all, congrats to Ray Ripley. She she fucking stood out this weekend. Hell yeah. She had a, a hell of a, of a weekend and uh, definitely made herself a name uh, throughout the entire company. Um Another issue that that was brought to my attention too, which I I, I kind of see what the people are saying, it's a little weird going into war games and battling somebody, and then the very next night your tag team partners, and like you're a cohesive <laughs> unit <Yeah. laughs> after going to war, <laughs> and we saw that in the women's war game match. I mean, Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae were on one side, Bianca Belair and Io Shirai were on the other side. They beat the shit out of each other, and then the next night, they're just a cohesive unit. It just—it yeah. was a little weird. Um, so much, so much for any kayfabe there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, Rhea Ripley saved it. Uh, that, was, that was a really good finish with the being handcuffed, and she handcuffs herself to to Shayna Baszler. I thought that was a really good finish. Oh yeah, and then back to the uh, to the to the to the Matt bitching about everything again. <laughs> One last thing I got to bitch about, and that goes back to the main event of Survivor Series because I agree with everybody out there. It was not a very good match. Uh, it went it went on eighteen minutes, probably ten minutes too long to be nice. Um, Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch, Bailey, triple threat match, champion versus champion versus champion. Baszler wins. NXT wins in the night. But I have a problem with how they finish it. Now, I told you before we started recording that I was going to have something to say about one Becky Lynch. We are getting, we are now in the month of December. And Joe and I are going to be discussing 2019 as a whole in a future episode here. And, uh,. You know, we're going to talk stuff like best matches, best events. Sure. Who we think is, wrestler, is wrestler of the year. And so many people are, are so quick to say it's got to be Becky Lynch. And here's the thing. Not even fucking close. And it's because of things like we saw at Survivor Series. I'm going to spoil something a little bit here. But one of, one of my guys, one of my candidates for, for wrestler of the year is a guy who doesn't wrestle for WWE but it's it's uh, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay why he why he's been wrestler of the year is because he's been doing what he does since from January all the way till now and just continues to give us high caliber matches and spots and moments throughout and it's it's sprinkled in there to the, to the point where it's not oversaturation. It's just every single time he's out there, you expect something big. Not because it's forced, but again, because he's that good. Becky Lynch, when she first started this whole new persona, that's what was happening. We saw this, we saw, we saw this last year. And we expected the same this year. But the problem is, as expected with so many other things that become good in WWE, it gets shoved down your fucking throats to the point where you don't want to taste it anymore. And that's what Becky Lynch is. She has become just a really bad taste in so many wrestling fans' mouths because it is forced. It is forced to the fact that, God forbid, she gets shown up at Survivor Series. Even though she didn't get pinned. They could have left it at that. Left it alone. And now you have a spot. An opportunity for Lynch versus Baszler. Without any shenanigans. But no. No. You you had to fucking make it. To where Becky Lynch puts her through a fucking table. And stand on top. You know basically stand above her. Like I won Survivor Series. When you didn't win shit. You know what that was the equivalent of? It's like you're watching a movie and like you have it on Blu-ray or whatever and it has deleted scenes mm-hmm. and you go to watch a deleted scene and you're like, oh, I could see why they took this out. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. For me, it, that's how I felt. Yeah. I was like, why why, why even bother? Why even bother? You, you didn't save the match. There was You didn't accomplish anything yeah. story-wise. I mean, and if you thought, if you thought you were... Um, 
like still keeping her at that level of, of overness, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. It didn't do anything. It didn't progress. That it was, it was, it was a wasted. It was a wasted spot. It was a wasted opportunity to get Shayna Baszler over because if you are going to go Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch very soon here one on one, that's not really helping Shayna Baszler out. No, Shayna Baszler getting a victory over over Bailey, but then Becky Lynch just reminding her whether it be that night or preferably another night. They're like, hey, congrats on winning, kid, but you didn't beat me. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That that that, that kind of the rivalry, because Shayna Baszler has, has steamrolled over basically every challenger in NXT. So is she ready for, and I want to say the next level, because NXT is the ultimate level in WWE as far as like talent goes, but it, we're going to still call Raw the bigger show here for now, I guess. Is she ready for that? Of course she is. And and Becky Lynch would be a great opponent for her going into 2020. But you didn't have to do what you did. And, and if anything else, you have to be careful. because And you don't have to go very far for, for Becky Lynch because she can very much become the next Seth Rollins. And Seth, or Seth Rollins is becoming to where people still love him. But there's a lot of people out there that's like, all right, enough of this fucking guy. Yeah. He was on Raw tonight, apparently apologizing for his statements from the previous week. I'm like, man, what the fuck? Like, I... <laughs> so, <sighs> with, with Becky Lynch, like, you know, they have to be careful with that because if they want to keep riding the coattails of the man gimmick, it's only going to go so far. Especially if you keep drink, if you keep eating the same fucking thing every single night. We say this all the time. As much as you love fucking pizza... You eat it every single fucking night. I don't care who you are. You're going to get tired of it. You're going to get tired of it. You know, I, for, for for all intent and purposes here, I'm going to equate Becky Lynch to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Okay. So you've got, and, and I'm sure I'm going to get heat for some of this, but hey, you can hate tweet me at 20x20crew on Twitter. Um, look at some of her merch. Very Stone Cold-esque, you know. Uh, white letters, very similar font, black shirts. Um, I think at one point there was a Becky 316 or something akin to it, mm-hmm. you know. And let's be honest, because there's there's no real original fucking thought anymore in that company, I think that's all this is. I think this is Stone Cold version 2.0. Except this time it's Becky Lynch and not Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I say that because there's a big difference this time around. You know what the difference is? Whenever Stone Cold came out, there was this air of unorthodox. There was this air of mystery, of... of, um, unpredictability what's gonna happen that's what excited you about watching Stone Cold Steve Austin and and I'm not saying it was necessarily about his matches I'm saying it was more about like is he gonna put cement in the fucking car (laughs) is he gonna come with a fucking beer truck and hose everybody down yeah a monster truck you never knew what he was gonna gonna (laughs) do you never knew what he was gonna say Becky Lynch comes out and, and you know I'm not saying it's her fault but at the same time 
you know, she's being overproduced to the point where it is the same garbled shit over and over and over again. And yeah, I like pizza. I love pizza. But I get tired of it too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's that's the problem here. You know, so unless unless you're going to find some way to to do the equivalent of of you know the the random monster truck or the cement or whatever in a Becky Lynch style ultimately this this is going to this is not going to work in the long run and you're just going to piss people off. What made Becky Lynch work was when she when she lost the triple threat match at SummerSlam 2018 and she goes on this huge tangent about Charlotte getting everything handed to her and how she had to bust her ass for everything, for just for even an opportunity at a title. People flock to that, men and women, because so many so many people were r- related to that of being passed over. Yeah. Same thing applied with. I'm, I'm going to use your your example here. Stone Cold. Stone Cold worked. The gimmick worked because Stone Cold represented the blue collar. The, the, the blue everybody, collar person. Everybody hates their boss. Everybody hates their boss. You know, wouldn't you want to beat the shit out of your boss? For most people out there, they'd be like, hell yeah, I want to Co- do that. Couple, two, three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other episode. <laughs> That's a fantasy booking right there. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> That's what made Becky Lynch so relatable. Yeah. Was that she went out there and said, you know, fuck it. I'm going to take mine. I'm going to take mine. I'm not going to let anybody tell me I can't have it. I'm going to work hard on every single, everybody else. I'm going to beat them because I'm better than them. All that shit. That's where the man came from. Hey, I beat Charlotte Flair. She got everything handed to her because her father was the man. Well, I beat here, so I'm the man. That's where that came from. It was brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, and that ran its course. She did. She did WrestleMania. She main evented that. She was a double champion for a little bit. What next? What next for for somebody like Becky Lynch? And this is just one idea. I'm throwing shit on the wall right now, WWE. But you have another company out there that's taking a woman and putting her in an area in a spot where women don't go. Becky Lynch would be a fucking perfect candidate for that. That character is a great candidate. To say, you know what, you've you've beaten every woman here. You know, who say that you can only be a women's champion? You know, what's next for Becky Lynch is a n- another championship that generally only men wear. There's there's still time. We're we're, <laughs> we're not in January yet. There's still time. <laughs> so it's like that would be the next to me the next logical step is you know what, fuck it. Nobody at this point has, has been able... She's almost been Raw Women's Champion for almost a year now. I mean, we still have time for her to lose that belt, too. But even if even if they, they don't beat Impact to the punch, if she keeps that title and wins... I'm, I'm, I'll just call it a men's title right now, for lack of better terms. First ever person to hold a women's and a non-women's championship... At the same time, yeah, there's tons of opportunities for her. I mean, you're this is a company that is, you know, they want to be real, but they do such fake bullshit to begin with, anyways. I don't know if realism is 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 causing them not to do this, or if it's just plain stupidity on their end. But having her go like a sore loser and and put Shayna Baszler through a table for no fucking reason whatsoever is not the way to get this fucking woman over anymore. No. 
There's there's one other thing I would love for them to do. Because I, I don't know exactly how this goes about. I don't know if this is like... Uh, like she has to get approval for her tweets. Okay. But... People want to sit and bitch about ratings, right? Good or bad. Well, there's weeks where you've had her on television and they weren't the best weeks that the the program has seen. Yeah. But she'll go on Twitter. She's allowed to go on Twitter and cut classic fucking promos on social media. How about this? How about let's reverse that? Fuck social media, okay? Don't get me wrong. I know know there's a, a ton of... Of that audience out there, but let's let's do it this way. Instead of her cutting that promo, all those classic promos on social media, and then it being talked about on Raw or SmackDown, how about you let her do it on television, and then it gets talked about on social media? There's your there's part of your ratings problem right there. Yeah, nobody's getting to see see that happen. It's 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 reading it online. There's a big... I don't care who the fuck you are. I'll tell you right now to your face. There's a big difference of me telling you in person or on a podcast about how I feel as opposed to me typing it out in, you know, 280 characters or whatever the hell Twitter's rules are or less. You you get the idea across, but it is a, a completely different experience. You feel that intensity. You feel her anger. You feel her sarcasm. That gets lost in translation. It's don't get me wrong. You can still be sarcastic on the internet. You know, you can still be angry on the internet. But there's something that's lost in translation there that you just don't get when you're watching it happen. Yeah. You know. And that that would be one quick, easy fix that they could do for her to help her keep getting over. I, you, you've seen me the past month or so. That bit where she, where she got on the mic and was talking about uh, Bailey's new haircut and how she called it an old woman's haircut. That's fucking great. I laugh every time. I'm laughing now. <laughs> had that had I read that on social media, I'm like, ha, that's pretty funny, and I would that would have been it for me. Yeah. But look at me. I'm fucking marking out every time I talk about it. You know, you, Joe and I, we we uh, we do our, our our fair share of writing. It's really hard to get your emotions on a paper, and yeah, you know it. It, it takes a, a a different sense of creativity, and not everybody has that. Um, so you're right. You know, doing it on 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 in person to be seen to hear your voice. I mean, just think think of a think of reading a text message. How many of you out there have gotten into a fight with with somebody, a, a, a relative? A, significant other or whatever over a text message because you, you misheard the tone. Yeah, you, you misinterpreted <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Every, so, everybody does it. Yeah. Every, I do it. Yeah. Everybody it, fucking does it. It's, it's yeah, it's it's, it's it's definitely a different different beast. But not only that, as, as big as social media is, Twitter isn't paying WWE's bills. And that's the other thing. You want you want your sponsors to, to stay sponsoring you? Mm-hmm. You want ratings? What are you doing? You're giving it away for free on <laughs> exactly. fucking social media. Stop. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to, I'm, I'm sure there's there's money to be made. I mean, I know there's money to be made via social media, but not not to the extent of what. Guess what? She goes on TV. She cuts that promo. People are still gonna talk about it on social media. 
Simple as that. It's still going to get retweeted mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, uh, hashtagged and whatever whatever else happens on social media that has to happen. Jesus. Simple science, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are going to take a quick timeout here. Uh, I just want to point out that we are no longer watching the WWE's edition of Starcade, but instead of now we are watching a real Starcade, Starcade '86. My favorite Starcade. That's why I put it on. Thank I, you. I, I want. I wanted to get that bad taste of Starcade out of, out of your mouth and put some good one. My pants just got tighter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that was in Atlanta, Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, Starcade 2019. Fear not. Atlanta, Georgia, because there's actually going to be a good event happening in Atlanta, Georgia this month. Oh shit! We know that we know it's coming. NWA, they're coming live pay per view, November fourteenth. Into the fire. Into the fire. Pre order for twenty bucks, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, NWA is back, uh, and uh, we'll be actually right back after this message. This episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew is brought to you by GameStop. GameStop, where you can buy new and used video games, consoles, and accessories. Got games you no longer play? Trade them in for cash or credit towards a new game to add to your collection. Become a pro member and save even more money on your purchases, trade-ins, and even get special offers not available to everyone else. If games aren't your thing, GameStop has a wide range of toys, apparel, board games, and other collectibles including pop vinyls, including exclusives not sold anywhere else. Visit us at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash GameStop to find out how you can get started. And remember, power to the play. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for hanging with us there uh, while we paid some bills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as always, we have wrestling on in the background. We are continuing to watch Starcade 1986, NWA Starcade 1986, Night of the Skywalkers. The good kind, the my good, good brother. <laughs> As we see, uh, we just finished the match between, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's Paul Jones versus Jimmy Valiant. Um, I think it was hair versus hair match. Yeah. As we see the uh, the the raging bull Manny Fernandez in the ring, with Rick Rude just beating the piss out of Jimmy Valiant. Now after the match, Paul Jones has had his head shaved. For those who haven't watched, so, man, I, I I must have rented this on VHS like <laughs> every week during one during one summer, like the summer after it came out. Oh my god, the guy at the video store that carried this was like, "Are you back again?" Like, let me guess. You want to watch Starcade? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so, I can't remember what's going on with Rude's hair. I don't know if that's he's just got like a a bandana, or he got hurt. No, it's a bandage on his head. Okay. Not very uh, well placed. Not very well placed. Yeah. Too. He hurt his hair. <laughs> <laughs> he hurt his hair. <laughs> that would be a Rick Rude injury. <laughs> uh, um. While we watch Starcade, we are in the midst of 
a New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League 2019, which is still going on, if I'm not mistaken, until the 12th, the 12th of I December. Believe, yeah. So we got a little ways to go. Not not too too long. But if you haven't watched any, um, it has been pretty interesting. I've only watched uh, like the first four or five shows. And I was telling Matt, um, I think it's show number four. I forget where they're at, but there's no commentary whatsoever. <laughs> there's no Japanese commentary. You know, Kevin Kelly's not there. No one's doing English commentary. It is literally you just watching a house show. Not to say that it isn't entertaining. Sure. Because it is definitely entertaining. I have been entertained. And you can be too, especially if you're a new subscriber. Head on over to 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW. Get yourself 30 days free of New Japan Pro Wrestling World, their official streaming service. I don't get paid. Matt doesn't get paid to promote that streaming service. We just love it. And you get 30 days for free. After that, it's like 8 or 9 bucks US a month. But it is well worth it. Um, and if you subscribe now, by the time this this uh, episode hits, you're pretty much right there with Russell Kingdom. Yeah. So you'll get Russell Kingdom for free at least one night, if I'm not mistaken. Should be both nights. Both nights. So there you go. And that's... Uh, that is their WrestleMania up up there in January. I know that's that's a little ways to go. You get two but, WrestleManias, but it is well worth it. And we might see a double champion for the for the foreseeable future. It could be finally be Destino's time. Destino's time. I'm excited, man. So <laughs> fucking excited. Uh, I was gonna say real quick. It, it just seems like World Tag League gets uh, a little bit of the shaft, and a lot of that is. Probably, and I know it's Japan, so they're not really <laughs> celebrating Thanksgiving over there. But it's still the holiday season. Yeah, I think World Tag League kind of gets thrown in this like weird mix of yeah, not everybody's there. Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. But uh, I mean, it's been entertaining, man. I can't wait to watch the the rest of the shows. I'm, you know, I think I'm like four behind at this at the at this point in recording this episode, but. I, I intend to uh, catch up real quick. But um, we are also in the midst of our own fantasy tag team tournament. The Good Brothers Tournament 2019. Um, we have already cleared four first round matches. If you haven't heard it, please visit the archives. 20x20crew.com where you can find all of our past episodes. If I'm not mistaken, that was on episode 88. Is when we did uh, our first four matches of the first round, and um, everybody I've talked to that has uh, <laughs> has heard the matches that were on there can't get over us um, making the Godwins the pushovers <laughs> of the first round. So uh, not necessarily meant it that way, but hey, I mean, we're just we're, we call it like we see it, you know. It's, I mean. <laughs> It is against the young bucks, right? You realize, right? so <laughs> I'm excited to hear about. Uh, Sorry, Phineas. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what people have to say about Harlem Heat and God. Uh, I haven't had that conversation with anybody yet, but I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping to get some feedback. Uh, you can tweet at us on Twitter, twitter.com/slash20x20crew. Love to hear what you think. We're also on Facebook. Head on over to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. 
I would absolutely love to hear what you guys think about uh, those first four matches. But continuing on with the rest of the tournament, we got our next four matches of the first round we're going to talk about. And um, we're going to start off, we're going to start off with, we, we've got like two versions of the Heart Foundation in this tournament. And if I'm not mistaking, mistaken, we're talking about the original Heart Foundation most people know. And that is Jim the Anvil Nightheart and Brett the Hitman Heart as the Heart Foundation taking on Jimmy and Johnny Valiant. And I, I know a lot of people aren't familiar with the Valiants, um, but uh, I believe Johnny Valiant is the actual father of Greg the Hammer Valentine, who most people know. What do you say? What do you say about this one? I know, I know you might not be too familiar with the Valiants. Well, I mean, you you had actually just told me before we started recording about uh, Jimmy Valiant and his uh, what he you know the the, the day and nights uh, at least the look of him that was day and nights um, what he was and what I know him as. Yeah, know, we we're we're all about him being the boogie woogie man. Yeah, you that's, know? that's that's what he is to me. <laughs> Uh, so you're right. I, I'm not. I'm not 100% familiar uh, with 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 the Valiants as a, as a tag team. So this one's a little tough for me to to really discuss. What I am going to say though is this, and when it comes to to tag team wrestling and personifying a generation of tag team wrestling, very few. I'm not going to say nobody. <laughs> but, but very few did it better, or as well, I should say, than Brett and Jim Neidhart. Brett Hart and Jim Neidhart. Uh, the Hart Foundation were the epitome of a well-oiled machine. You had two guys that complemented each other. You had a powerhouse, and you had a technical wrestler who also did the top rope stuff. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call him a high flyer per se, but he did the top rope stuff. And it just, it clicked. It clicked from day one. Whether they were heels, whether they were baby faces, they just, they absolutely clicked in the ring. And there's a reason why they're a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, Bret Hart obviously went on to have the, the singles career that he had. Jim Neidhart very much a tag team specialist but a great singles wrestler in his own right I'm very familiar with their work and I if you guys and I would love to hear your not saying that you're disagreeing with any of them saying but your argument for <laughs> lift the table here uh, your argument for for the Valiants here and see where where you know where we can go with this but for my money, it's going to be hard for anybody to to top the Heart Foundation because of the just the way that they clicked. I agree with you. I agree with you 100. percent And I'll tell you why. Uh, as far as Jimmy and Johnny Valiant go, it was one of those tag teams like, hey, you're both valiants, whether they're kayfabe or not, and, and you know. Yeah. But let's just put you together, and you're going to be a tag team, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, were they co- cohesive? Yeah, because they had to be. But they were nothing like 
Brett and, and Jim. So I completely agree with you. And I also, the, my vote is for the Hart Foundation. Growing up, although I did watch a lot of NWA, um, when it came to tag teams, you, you, you're right. You can't deny the, the cohesiveness that the Hart Foundation had. And for me, that even even as an NWA guy, you know, I'm growing up with you know the the Russians, um, you know, the Volkovs, and the you know you've got the Wyndhams, you've got you've got Horsemen as a tag team, you've got the Andersons, all those guys. And and don't get me wrong, those guys had varying levels of cohesiveness, but there was something different about Jim and Brett where you just you had that that just ever so special tandem you had the powerhouse you had the technician and they just worked well together it, it was something like I had never seen especially in the NWA now whether that was you know part of the gimmick or that's just the way they organically worked together they were they were something different they had something different to offer and and you're right when you when you talk about them being a well-oiled machine I automatically think like who else would I think of in that caliber and you have you know you have the Midnight Express the Rock and Roll Express but that's about it for me personally everybody else is is either right up there but they're not exactly up there and those are three teams that you can't deny their level of greatness and and just how well they worked so for me Heart Foundation all the way, 100%. And there you have it, the Heart Foundation knock off the Valiants in round number one, which sets up a very intriguing match, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but moving on. We're going to skip around, and uh, our, the next match we're going to talk about in the first round is the Harris Brothers, Ron and Don, taking on <laughs> the Rougeau Brothers. Jacques? Jacques? Is it Jacques? Jacques. Jacques? Yeah, Jacques. Ah, okay. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Raymond. They're all American boys. All American boys. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> so a lot of people are not. A lot of people are gonna not know the Harris brothers for what they are. They, you know, as far as where they fit in storyline wise, for the most part, they never really did. For a lot of places, they were kind of just bodyguards or just two big guys. You can't deny, though, that... And we talked about this a little bit with the Godwins. Ron and Don Harris are phenomenal workers in that ring. Yeah. And that, that's that's why they're even mentioned. Yeah. You know, that's why they're here. Uh, the, the, the Rougeau brothers, you know, they... You got two guys that's, you know, they their 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 wrestling ability, you know, they fit in perfectly with with eighties tag team wrestling, a good a good uh, a good tag team during their time. But uh, for me, this I, and maybe maybe disagree here, but I uh, I got another another easier pick for me because I I don't know man, the Harris brothers, they're very good at steamrolling competition. Sure. They're really good at getting competition over. If you wanted them to go out there and job, they're going to job and they're going to make it look good. And that ability in professional wrestling can't be, can't go unnoticed, shouldn't go unnoticed. 
especially amongst the diehard fans. Um, you know, if you got guys that are really good at getting all the talent over, that's a really hard thing to do, actually. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so for that, I just for the fact of being a better working tandem, the Rougeau brothers also, too, keep in mind, they don't have the, as long of a history as the Harris brothers. They're not as well traveled as the Harris brothers. They were kind of a short tandem, you know, late 80s, early 90s in WWE before they went their solo ways. One of them became the Mountie, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as, as, as good as the Rougeau brothers could have been, the Harris brothers actually amounted to that and then some. So for me, the Harris brothers take this match. Man, I, I agree with you again. Um, Stop agreeing with me. I'm you sorry, man. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we just talked about Jim Jim Neidhart and uh, Brett the Hitman Hart as yes. a tag team. So the Rujo brothers, as part of 80s tag team uh, culture, Yeah. there was one thing that I always felt about the Rujo brothers, and whether you agree with me or not, mm-hmm. um, so a lot of times they were supposed to be the heel team. Yeah. Right? There's only one catch. For me, the the one that became the Mountie. Okay. He always seemed like a heel. Even even when he was part of the Rougeau brothers. The other one though, he seemed like he seemed just like a terrible heel. Like you know you know who he reminds me of? He's like the, the male version of Bailey. Okay. You know, like okay, you you're clearly a baby face and there's really nothing you can do about it even though you're on a heel tag team. So try to be heel. Can you just go out there and fucking try to be a nasty person? But they don't they really can't. It really doesn't translate over very well. And for me that that's how the Rougeau brothers for me the entire time I watched them. Mm-hmm. I'm like I just it doesn't work for me. And what what made it what made it even more uh, prevalent to me was after they split up and went their own ways, the one that was the baby face, or who I thought was the baby face, which I'm I'm drawing a blank here. Is it Raymond? I think so. Yeah. Okay. What did he do? He became a baby. Like he was just a baby face. Yeah. And then now he's a fucking announcer, and he's a baby face announcer. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other one went on to be the Mountie, and you got to see just how fucking nasty he was. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, this is what it should have been like this the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 as cohesive as they were, they were nowhere near the level of a Rock and Roll Express or a Midnight Express right. or a Heart Foundation. You take the Harris brothers, though. Not only are they brothers, they both can work. Mm-hmm. They both know how to sell. They both know how to put people over. They've got all the fucking tools. I never understood why, unless it was like a, a persona thing, why they got like, why didn't they get like a super, super serious push? Maybe they didn't want it. I don't know. But to me, whenever you saw the Harris brothers, you knew they were like the B team. Yeah. You know? And it sucks because they're they're hell of, hell of a set of workers. And so I agree with you. My pick in this match, definitely the Harris brothers. Completely underrated tag team. Like, no matter where they went. Absolutely. Uh, Harris Brothers are not going to get overlooked in this uh, tournament. So they move on. 
to round number two, and uh, we are halfway through our first round for this episode. What's what's match number three? Match number three is is one we've seen before. Okay. And you know it is it's um <laughs> they've had very historic meetings. Um, without further ado, it is Edge and Christian taking on the Dudley Boys. Those damn Dudleys. Those huh? damn Dudleys. Um, and and for those of you who are probably going to give me heat for just calling them the Dudley Boys, we mean Devon and Bubba Ray, as opposed to any myriad of fucking other versions of the Dudleys. So it's a shame that we have to do that. Well, those wrestling fanboys. It's like being a a fan of metal and be like, all right, name every song by this fucking band. And all right, I can, but I don't have to, to be a fan. I had a conversation years ago. <laughs> I'm going to get a little bit off topic, okay. but it, it pertains to what we're talking sure, about. Sure, sure, sure. There was a guy I used to work with. He knew I was into comic books mm-hmm. and he started to collect. And after like a month or so, I asked him how things were going and what he's into and stuff. And he's like, man, I don't know how you do it. So what do you mean? He said, every Wednesday they come out with new books. Every Wednesday. How do you keep up, man? He's like, I, I have a hard time buying them and reading them. And I was like, I don't. He's like, what do you mean you don't? I go, first of all, who has the fucking money, especially in our line of work at the time? Mm-hmm. To buy brand new comic books every fucking week, especially if you're into like fucking ten different titles. Are you kidding me? Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not shaming anybody for their fandom, but at the same time, like, I didn't have that kind of money. That's roughly like what, eighty bucks a week? It could be, very easily, absolutely. (laughs) You know? And uh I told him, I said, What I do is uh, you know, I I have my favorites, you know, I keep my, my ear to the ground and when it comes time, I usually hit a convention at least once a year, and I, I go hog wild. I buy shit for, you know, shit that sells on the, the shelf for between two and four bucks. I buy for a dollar or, or less, you know, and that's what I've always done, and I just kept catch up when I can. I don't keep up. I'm not one of those people, but doesn't mean I don't uh, love Batman any less, you know? Right. And he's like, wow. You know, it, it, like, completely shocked him. I'm like, dude, if you're a fan of something, be a fan. You don't have to, you don't owe, you don't owe an explanation to anybody. Do you have to know every fucking metal song by Iron Maiden if you're an Iron Maiden fan? No. To some people, you do. And that's, and, and see, that's <laughs> what kills me about just geeks and fandom, you know, yeah. that's a whole other podcast. But that's my point here. I don't, everybody I talk to wrestling about, I know you're not going to know all the same shit as I do. Right. You might even know more than I do, but I'm not going to shame you for it. Here's the thing, too. You know, we we talk about it all the time. You know, we we have a, a plethora of thing of wrestling to watch every single week now, and Joe and I will do our best to promote that and make that you know aware yeah. known for you guys. We're not watching all that. I don't. There's, there's I, no, I, I don't have no enough way. time in my day no, to do that. There's no way. I would need like a 48 hour day. To, to balance that, to balance other fandom, to balance yeah. work yeah. life and oh, yeah. personal life, it's just, it's not possible. You know, I, I haven't seen every episode of Dynamite at this point. I think I've missed two episodes. What's and, your problem? Yeah, <laughs> you're not a W fan. You know, it's like 
look, I, I, those guys are going to do fine if I miss a few episodes here and there, or if I don't watch Perry. I had so a guy give me shit because I, I wasn't caught up on AEW Dark. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll get to it when I get to yeah. it. Like, what would you... You're missing shit. I know I am. It's on YouTube, man. It ain't, it ain't gonna be taken off. Ain't going off. nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to stop and eat fucking dinner one day, dude. So yeah, we're we're not talking about Big Dick <laughs> Dudley or Dances with Dudley or Dudley Dudley. <laughs> See, sign we guy. sign. Yeah, we named them. We know who they are. All right. God damn, man. Shut up, fanboys. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Bubba Ray and Devon. The Deli Boys to us. Who are you trying to impress? You trying to get in bed with me? It's yeah. not gonna work. I'm, I'm a taken man. And besides, if I wasn't, still, yeah, it's, you know, you, I'm sorry, you wouldn't impress me that way. <laughs> not with the Dudleys anyway. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Boba Ray and Devon against Edge and Christian. What you, what's it say about this about this rivalry? First and foremost, every time I've watched this, these two teams go at it, uh, I've loved it. I've I've loved what they've done. They, you're not a big Edge guy. I'm not. I, but I, Edge and Christian, Edge and Christian, is a yes. Team. Okay. But Edge is a singles. I never thought he should have had a world title. Okay. I see champ. I dig. I I can get behind that. But no world heavyweight championship for Edge. I'm sorry. I just. I don't think he just carried that belt very well. And I'm sure there's people out there. I know there's people out yeah. there that are going to give me shit about that. But, hey, go toss off. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 Randy Orton got in trouble for that. The other, last, <laughs> was it Friday night on SmackDown? He did. He, did. <laughs> he made an obscene gesture. <laughs> He's at that point in his life, he don't give a fuck. He don't. <laughs> he doesn't have anything to lose. He knows. First of all, obviously he signed this huge long contract now, so he's stuck there for quite some time. But had he not been in that position yet, he'd still be in that position. Yeah. Do you know why? Because of all the competition. Yeah. They're not going to let Randy Orton go anywhere. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. He can whip his dick out every day. Goddamn night if he wants to. Guess what? Yeah. He's still he's still gonna get paid. He's gonna get paid. He's not gonna get fired. Yeah, they're just gonna tell him you can't you can't be on TV. He's gonna yeah. get paid. He's gonna sit at home and get <laughs> yeah. paid, whipping his dick out. <laughs> so, ain't a bad that's, life. That's what I aspire to do, man. Let me stay home and whip my dick out and get paid for it. <laughs> and to my wife, if you're listening. <laughs> um, back to dickless uh, content here. Um, yeah, Edge and Christian definitely work for me. Against the Dudley Boys, absolutely. Yes. I'm having a hard time picking a winner, though. And I don't mean my nose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, so so my pick is basically, I, I'm, I'm just going to be, um, I'm just going to go with who, who I'm a bigger fan of. And for me, that's the Dudley boys. Mm-hmm. Um, them too. Speaking of cohesiveness, cohesiveness, they're up there. Yeah. Um, and and you know, there's there was a lot of people. There's a lot of people I remember giving them such flack for 
for what they were in ECW because ECW would constantly put titles on them. And I'm like, first and foremost, I mean, not not to take away from like a team like the Eliminators. Sure. But who else did you really fucking have that strong in ECW as a tag team? It's a fair point. Right? And then, so they leave ECW, they do a stint in Japan, they come back, they're in the WWF, and they're handling themselves just as I thought they would. They're fitting right in with the product, they're doing what they're doing, they're they're getting over, and they're still the Dudley boys. Mm -hmm. They made that transition seamlessly, and guess what? They won gold multiple times. Mm -hmm. They're one of those teams that can do that. I don't think I feel the same way about Edge and Christian. If Edge and Christian left the WWE to go to a WCW or an NWATNA at the time, yeah, something gets lost in translation. And, and you know what? I say that too about uh, Christian as a singles competitor. Um, he was very entertaining, but Captain Charisma... He just didn't always do it for me when he was in TNA. I liked watching him in TNA, but it was it was not something got lost in translation for me. And so I, I feel the same way about Edge and Christian as a team. If they go anywhere else, I just think they lose a lot of what they were. Edge and Christian are definitely a product of WWE. Um, I was I, I agree with you about Edge and and and, and the world title. I wasn't. I'm not saying that it was a big deal to you per se, but I wasn't as turned off by it. But I, I never really saw it either. The old saying, and I'm probably getting it wrong, but you're only as strong as your weakest link. No, that's right. To me, that's where I think Christian fail. Uh, Christian is is has been, was entertaining, but let's not ever get it twisted that Christian was ever a good wrestler, as, a, as by himself. <laughs> I always hated when he went to TNA and he got this big push that he, he didn't got deserve. A huge fucking push, man. And he just wasn't good. I, I mean, and not to go on this tangent, but like the shit they did with AJ Styles being like one of his cronies. I mean, AJ Styles, one of the greatest wrestlers of our generation, is Christian's crony. And yeah, man. Yeah, it was horrible. The Dudley Boys. Again, you went to ECW, stint in Japan, go to WWE. And I'm going to continue on. They leave WWE. They go to TNA. And what do they do in TNA? The exact same thing. They fit in like a, like, like, as if they were there the whole time. Yeah. You know, do do more stints in, in Japan, win the IWGP tag team titles. Go back to WWE. And, you know, that's when things kind of go downhill. But... My the thing is the point I'm trying to make is both guys too, and you know sometimes when you have tag teams that are together for as long as they were and then they split up for a while they do their own thing and they 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 come back they don't come back and rely on old tactics they come back together and they bring what they brought to the table as singles wrestlers and now they're back to being a cohesive unit again. So therefore they've they've grown, they evolved. That's where Edge and Christian fail because they you're right, they were just a product of WWE. If they go to WCW, 
they get the push only because they're Edge and Christian. Yeah, they, I agree with they that. They don't necessarily fit in. Because who, who are, the, are you going to face? Who are you going to... I mean, they're going to put them against the NWO. You're going to have them face the Horsemen. Yeah, I don't want to see that. You know, who, who, who are they going to face? They're going to... You know, I mean, it's... TNA, same thing. Like... And not only that, but... Even though Edge and Christian were child, long, long, long childhood friends... The ego is going to get in the way too, you yeah. know. I, I I don't see Edge not not going to TNA and wanting more. The Dullies, even though they they worked apart, they they came back together for a reason. It wasn't just because it worked. I mean, sometimes it was nostalgia, sure, but there was other times where it was just this is what they want to do. They loved working together. You know, these are just guys that were thrown together in ECW, and it just clicked. It was that special bond, which is what this whole tournament's about, that brotherhood. Because neither one of these guys are brothers. This is, these are both kayfabe brothers here. Edge and Christian should be the closer of the two because they, they were childhood friends. But in reality, it seems more like the Dudley boys are because it just works in that ring. Yeah. And, and for me, hands down, the Dudley's one of the most well-traveled, Teams on this entire in this entire tournament, yeah. And for me, going to be one of the toughest teams to beat when you really get down and think about it. The Delhi Boys, I think, uh, for me, easily beat Edge and Christian. Absolutely. And, and, and without without a doubt, a hell of a rivalry from back in the day. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And you throwing obviously throwing the Hardys in there too, but mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even need those. You don't even need the Hardys. Just Dullies and, and Edge and Christian alone put on some some fucking amazing matches <laughs> uh the last match we're going to cover this week in the first round of the good brothers tournament is quite the fucking doozy let me tell you ladies and gentlemen you've got rick and scott steiner the steiner brothers and we're talking about the uh you know straight from michigan yeah university of michigan that version not of big the steiner. papa pump yeah fuck big papa big pump. bad booty daddy oh good god Freakzilla. yeah is there any more i'm missing I'm sure there are. I mean, just got your hookup. Yeah, holler if you hear him. <laughs> Taking on the um, the original Briscoe brothers, Jack and Jerry. Jack and Jerry. Um, they'll sell you a car. They'll stretch it too. Stretch it good. Put the fucking sugar hold on you. Um, this one, this one just this blows my mind. Um, when this when we first came up with it, with the uh, the brackets again, shouts out to the the kind folks at random.org for helping us uh, with their with their random number generator sequencer what have you, all those tools. Um, this is crazy. This is fucking crazy. Uh, first of all, take my money. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with the original Briscoes. Uh, these are two two guys who could legit shoot on you. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime they come up in uh, conversations on podcasts, you get like one of two two stories because you either know you either know excuse me you either know about them long enough or you've heard about them um, early in their career to where they were legit shooters, or you hear about like. Um, the bumbling versions later on in life who are like literally just car salesmen 
Yeah. And or like Stooges on on WWE TV. Yeah, thanks Vince. You know. But a lot of people don't realize that yeah, Vince's Stooge he could fucking go and uh, fuck you up. He will fuck you up. Yeah. They uh there's a there's an episode of Bruce Pritchard's uh podcast. He's talking about them one night. They were somewhere. They were at like a steakhouse or something. And um you know, they were having a few drinks and shit and things kind of got out of hand and they were teasing him. They were teasing uh Jerry Briscoe about like not being able to still shoot or whatever and apparently he if I remember correctly he got up so quick from the table and put some sort of lock on whoever was giving him like like John with him and again it was all in fun and, and games and shit but he put the move on so quick and the guy couldn't get out of the hole and he freaked out <laughs> and, and they were like see I fucking told you he's he's the real deal <laughs> so um that's what you, that's what the Steiner brothers have to contend with. Now you know, obviously, everybody knows the Steiner brothers or should, um, and th- them two guys again, they're no slouch, they're no slouches, and you know we're still talking about um, Scott Steiner as you know University of Michigan uh, alumni, and um, you know still a fucking powerhouse, but he's he's that agile young Scott Steiner, the one that could still get up and do fucking Frankensteiners without mm-hmm. much, much trouble and mm-hmm. um, that's the thing too you know there's a, a Dark Side Paul friend of the show he'll tell you if you go back the Frankensteiner is not a Hurricane Rana there's a difference you have to go back and watch footage of them in WCW there's a subtle difference much like Chris Jericho's Lion Tamer the the actual lion tamer is not a fucking Boston crab. Oh yeah. So, and, and, but there's a lot of people that don't understand that or know that or refuse to, you know, commit to that. But that's that's legit. Um, I bring it up because the original Frankensteiner, that is a fucked up ass move to accomplish, especially for a man his size. He should not be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And the effect it has on your opponent, um. It's going to make it tough for the Briscoes. It really is. Those both both of the Steiners are quicker than the Briscoes, even in their prime, for my money. And um, again, this one is a real tough one for me. But I'm going to have to pick the Briscoes. I think what it comes down to is uh, the amount of just how seasoned of a wrestler you are, and the Briscoes are super seasoned. <laughs> um, They've got all the tools they need, and guess what? They don't necessarily need speed to accomplish any kind of a win. So, that that's my take on this match. I credit, and maybe I'm wrong here for doing this, but I credit the, uh, the Steiner brothers for helping bridge that gap between old school wrestling to what we see today. Um... Because you, you, saw, you saw two guys, two bigger guys, do something that guys their size weren't, one, A, weren't doing, and B, most guys weren't doing, period. Right. That they were doing. And that's they, they stood out so much from the footage that I've seen from them, the matches I saw, I've saw i seen from them. Yeah, you don't see Jim Neidhart doing no fucking Frankenstein. Right. <laughs> and just the, 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 the stamina mixed with technical wrestling, 
mixed with submission wrestling at times, mixed with the powerhouse. I mean, how do you how do you beat the Steiners? So my question to you, because you're more of the expert on the Briscoes than I am. The Briscoes in their era never saw a tag team like the Steiners. Absolutely correct. But you're saying that they they can adapt to it and I, they can beat them. I think they're one of the rare teams that can. I, I really truly think that. And, and you know that's again that's that can't be said for all all older tag teams. Mm-hmm. You know you again going back to the Valiants earlier in the episode. There's no way the Valiants are going to win against the Steiner brothers. There's no fucking way. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Well, for that, for that, I'm I'm going to concede my my pick, and I'm I'm going to go with you and the Briscoes. And uh, I say they recently. I had Steiner brothers. That was our first disagreement in this round. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go Briscoes because if they can adapt to a tag team like the Steiner brothers. They're pure wrestlers, man. They are, yeah. And, I'm, and, I'm not discrediting you. Uh, no, I'm saying and not to take anything away from the Steiner brothers and mm-hmm. their wrestling background. Yeah. But for my money, the Briscoes still beat them. Briscoes still beat them, and the Briscoes going on to the second round. And uh, I, I would love I would love to have. That's one of those matches, too, when I saw it. I would have loved to have seen it one time. Briscoes, yeah, Steiners, yeah. you know oh what I mean? God. So Halfway through the first round? Halfway. And I'm I'm excited, man. Um, and I'm excited again, and and I don't have to get too ahead of myself, but again, we, you do realize we just created, Heart Foundation versus God. Yeah, we did. We <laughs> did. Oh my god. Oh my oh, god. Man, that's that's gonna be one hell of a second round match. I'm gonna just have to keep my dick out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, it's all right. our sponsor still they still support us regardless they do <laughs> <laughs> uh that's gonna do it for us this week um thank, thanks for playing along everybody also uh please take the time hit us up on social media and let us know what you think about our picks i'm i'm dying here i'm still dying here about some of those those uh, from the previous episode, episode 88. Um, definitely the Gorillas, uh, Destiny taking on Harlem Heat. Um, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to see what else uh, everybody else thinks about that. But uh, we're done for this week. This this has been great. Um, we're going to finish off Starcade uh, 1986, Night of the Skywalkers, as we watch... Tully Blanchard take on the late great Dusty Rhodes in a first blood match. Um, probably one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, you can catch us on social media. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our official Facebook page. Come hound us on Facebook groups. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. You come talk to Matt and I and a host of others and, uh, share memes and just uh, ramble about wrestling and, and everything incorporated into that. We're on Twitter, twitter.com slash 20x20crew. Uh, we're also on Instagram, instagram.com slash 20x20crew. Always looking forward to uh, live pics and, uh, and video of, of you guys at, at uh, live events. Shouts out again to uh, friends of the show, Wrestling with Unicorns, who always do a great job of covering 
indie wrestling shows. Uh, those guys are fucking workhorses, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, happy belated birthday to them, too. Yeah, happy belated birthday. Um, what else am I forgetting? Oh, YouTube. <laughs> 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube will take you to our exclusive content on our official YouTube channel in the form of the following contest. You will hear um, later rounds of the Good Brother tournament only on YouTube. So please head on over to 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and that bell. That way we can let you know when that content is uploaded and you will not miss a beat with this tournament. Um, And as always, our home on the web, 20x20crew.com. For merch, all of our archive shows, bonus materials that weren't on YouTube, and and the whole nine. Uh, Again, thank you for listening to us, especially those who have been there since episode one. We're approaching 90, and and soon 100, which is just fucking unfathomable that this this is even this far. Um, It never gets old to me, and... um, I'm excited. I'm excited what the future holds. So, uh, please do that. Visit our sponsors. Thank you again to Amazon and GameStop and uh, Raise. Oh my God, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Raise. Get yourself some fucking discounted gift cards. Save some money like the boys. And still get everything you want. And never, never pay full price. Never pay full price. Uh, also, too, to Fight TV. It just announced, by the way... Uh, the, the little engine that could from our backyard, like almost literally our backyard, Warrior Wrestling has officially announced that they, they have a partnership with Fight TV. How fucking awesome is that? So 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash F-I-T-E. Get yourself... 15 bucks. You yourself 15 bucks on us. <laughs> I, I forget what it is now. Uh, you got to be a new member, but all you got to do is just... Sign up with, sign uh, up with a, a new email address. New email address. That's all it is. Yeah. Yes, we're, we're, you're cheating the system. I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Neither do they. Yeah, Neither they, just, they. They want you. They want you to be there. They want you to be there. There's a plethora of of free content. Ring of Honor's on there. All kinds of shit. Uh, man. PCW Ultra Championship wrestling, wrestling from Hollywood and Arizona. Reality of wrestling, Major League Wrestling. It's all on there for free. Plus, you get MMA, you get boxing, you get Muay Thai. Bare knuckle fighting, it's all on there. What are you waiting for? Uh, on that note, uh, real quick here too. This is not even wrestling related, but I want to give a shout out. Wrestling. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my favorite fucking band. Happy retirement to fucking Slayer. Happy retirement, folks. They just had their last show. Yeah. Sad. They'll, it pro- is, they'll, they'll sad. probably be back, but. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I don't, not. I don't know how much Tom can do anymore. Yeah, but, never, never say never. But, uh, yes, thank you for, for all the amazing fucking music. And uh, and we have used them on following contests. Rain and blood. Rain and blood for sure. Yep. Uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for 89 episodes. And until next week, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. And you've been fantastic. And until next week, we will see, see you in the, the ring. ring.
This edition of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew has been brought to you by Amazon. Get your Amazon Prime subscription today. You get unlimited music, unlimited ebooks, unlimited movies and TV shows available through their Amazon Prime subscription, as well as free two-day shipping on many products through Amazon.com, as well as in certain areas, one-day shipping. So if you're an impatient person like me, you can get one-day shipping. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, don't forget the uh, unlimited photo storage, too. I think that's pretty uh, oh, absolutely. I don't have anything on my photo storage as of yet, at least nothing I could share with the public. But Ooh. <laughs> it's photos of me and Kenny Omega. Are you jealous? I, I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. Tell them where to go. That's all I got to say. You can find more information on Amazon Prime subscriptions through us, and by doing so, you'll help us here at the show. You don't have to pay anything extra. You sign up for Amazon Prime through us. You get 30 days try out Amazon Prime. You can cancel anytime. We still get the love from Amazon. Go ahead and check us out at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon.